this is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never. My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week. My guest today is Mary Tyson Lappin. I first came across Mary in the summer of 2020. A video surfaced of her hitting a 400-pound jerk and basically just sent waves through the weightlifting community. I wanted to get Mary on to talk about her transition from throwing in college to weightlifting, her mindset in the sport, and how she approaches taking American records. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this one. Without further ado, let's kick it over to Mary now. Yeah, I was actually watching some track videos, like shot put in discus this morning, because I'm not too familiar with track, so I was looking and I'm like, damn, these, I just watched the guys, like it was the 2019 Worlds, and I'm like, these guys are like tanks. Oh my God. It, so were you, did you do the spin? Nope. I was a glider. So I did, you wouldn't have seen anyone do a glide in that video. Well, I don't know if, if one of the guys was in it, but I know the top four people. So like the Brazil guy and then the two, two Americans and then Tom Walsh from New Zealand, they're all spinners. Most people are spinners. Women, you'll see a little bit more gliders because the shot puts super light you don't need as much time to like gain velocity and like, you know, um, but for men, like they all spin that weight. The shot put in the men is twice the size as the women. Oh, wow. So like they're, you know, they're, I don't know. I, I wish I would have spun. I tried it a little bit in school, but I was like the most impatient person ever. So like if it didn't click like right away, I was like, Nope, this isn't going to work. We're going to just stick with what we know, which is stupid. I should have just stuck with it, but I'm, I didn't. So how do you get started in track? Like, was it popular where you grew up, like throwing? Um, Not really. I mean, it's, I really don't think it's popular anywhere. Like, I mean, I know like, okay, like down South, like in Texas and like some of those bigger places with like a lot of people, like a lot of strength sports are big. I feel like I know powerlifting is big in Texas. Um, but I know like a lot of throwers come from Texas, but again, it, there's just a lot more people there, but like, I don't know where I came from my dad and my mom were like really good at track in high school. And so basically we were like, they should just, you should just try it. And I'm like, okay, like, that's fine. I'll do it. But I was like huge on basketball growing up. Like that's all I really cared about. Like I skipped prom for AAU. I didn't get my driver's license. I was 18 because I wanted to go to AAU and it was always during driver's ed. And so like, I was, I loved basketball and I basically shaped my whole like, middle school high school on basketball and at the end of the day like I'm five nine so I'm tall for like a woman but I'm not basketball tall you know what I mean especially for my position because I was like obviously like a five or like a you know a center so I was playing girls that were like six two six three like and that's just I'm not that tall so um track came pretty easy to me I guess I would say not that I didn't work hard at it but it was just like I kind of just showed up and I was like oh and I was bad in middle school, but then in high school, I, I don't know, I got a really good coach and he was, I had success with it almost right away. So um, yeah, my sisters and I, I'm one of four girls, I'm the oldest and they all did track. Um, 
two of them did track in college as well. My little sister very well could have, but she was valedictorian and was huge in like school. And not that we weren't, but she was like way more than we were, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just been a huge part of our family growing up. And like we had, it was like a 13 year span where we were at the Wisconsin state track meet with one of us competing. And um, I don't know, it's just a very, it's my job now. Like I coach track for a living, but it's really been like, I mean, the way we grew up, you know, we grew up at track meets, we grew up watching every bit of level of it and just seeing how far we could throw whatever we could find. And so, I don't know, it was a fun way to grow up and I really loved it. So it's fair to say like your whole family is just sports oriented, like you guys are all doing sports all the time. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I would say we played almost everything. We started when we were super little, we started with dance and my, my sister and I, I remember we were in it for like, I don't know, I don't know if it's a season or if it's like whatever. And we were like, no thanks, like hard pass, you know, it was just not. And thank God, because like, people always say how they feel bad for my dad. And I'm like, I don't really feel bad for him. Like, we didn't really do anything that wouldn't, a dad wouldn't love doing, you know. Um, but we played soccer forever. Like I played soccer all the way through high school. Um, I was probably like, I don't know, damn near probably a hundred pounds lighter than I am now, but um, loved soccer because it got us in shape for basketball. And so we played that forever. We played, dabbled in volleyball. None of us really liked that. Played softball. We were good at it, but we, it was so boring. Like we did not like it. Um, so yeah, we played everything. We, that's pretty much all we did. Like our vacations were typically like planned around where a track meet was or where a basketball tournament was or things like that. So and with four kids, like you're constantly traveling around, especially when you're in, doing it in college too. So basically it's all we did. That was what, that was our life growing up. Yeah. I was the same way. Like for baseball, I always did travel baseball. So like uh, my girlfriend always asked, like, where'd you go on vacation? And I'm like, we went to Virginia this year for baseball. We went to Georgia this year for baseball. Like it was just always sports. Yeah. And we always tried to do like, like my dad is, my mom had less vacation time. So my dad was like, he went to most of my national meets, but like, I remember they tried to do like fun things it ended up sometimes not being that fun. Like one time my dad thought it'd be this great idea to take a train. Cause we've never been on a train before. And I flew like with my team, but my dad and my little sister took a train from Wisconsin to New Mexico. And it took like two days. And my dad thought it was gonna be, like the coolest thing ever. And like, I, he still would think it was. And I, I actually wish I could have been on a train. I've never been on a train either, but like, that was kind of like, Oh, let's do that. That'd be awesome. Or like, even for nationals for this year, for, in Detroit for weightlifting we were like oh we should take the ferry from like Wisconsin to Michigan because it's not I mean it's not even not even close to being faster but like we're just like we should try it because we've never been on it (laughs) so yeah we like you said we just pretty much planned our vacations and did the best we could on making them fun especially my younger sisters were so sick of track like so sick of basketball things like that so we tried to be a little bit more fun about it that's really cool though so you go to college you do you do the throws what made you I saw you did you went to a, D, a D2 school first and then you went to a D1 school so what do you think was like the main difference between the two like did you notice it was more competitive and more workouts more yeah. stuff like that um well first of all everybody okay so like division two like the top top kids in division two could very well compete in division one and be like relevant and so it was still d2 super competitive but once you get past like those top say like maybe 20 people in your event it drops off 
quite a bit. In Division One, everyone is good. Like you have, like, I mean, I'd say if you look at a performance list, again, Division Two, your top 20 are like, wow, like they're really good. Your top like 10 are like, they would be relevant in Division One, and your top few or two or three would be right up there with everyone in Division One. Division One, you can go down 100 people and everybody's just as good, you know? And then you go down to 500 people and it's still, they're still like really good, you know? So um, it's just... I mean, you have to be good to compete at that level. I mean, you you don't have to, right? It depends on like your your goals and what is important to you. Like you can still be on a team. You can still have like the memories and the experiences you have with your team. But to be like, I guess, like a national level athlete or an All-American or things like that, like it is hard at Division One. So that's kind of why I ended up switching. I was – only recruited by big D1 schools out of high school and I ended up going to a D1 or D2 school because it was close to home and I'm super close with my family um and I guess in the back of my head I kind of always thought like I wonder like if I could make it and I ended up going there for a few different reasons but um primarily money like I didn't pay for school when I went down there which is obviously a huge thing now being my age with you know no loans from school and but um it was definitely more work too like they you earn your you earn your stay there and you are practicing a lot and you're expected to perform and um yeah it's it's quite a bit different but I'm really happy that I was experienced both because especially now that I coach division three kind of had my toes dipped in a little bit of everything and I think it's kind of made me shaped me into a better coach for that reason do you notice like at you're coaching now like do you notice at d3 level like people's varying level of commitment do you see people who just want to have fun or people who really take it seriously and want to be all americans yeah well especially like so like our conference is like i mean people might fight this but our conference is probably the most competitive conference in the united states when it comes to division three um, our conference meet for track and field is essentially like a mini national meet with a few filtered people in from the rest of the, the United States. Right. So, I mean, we have, we have athletes that came from our conference that are competing still and, and they're some of the best in the, in the country. So like um, it's just, it's, there is a very wide range. Like for me, like I learned pretty early on that, I can, I'm going to give my athletes basically what they give me. So like, I can't care more than they do. And there are athletes that, I mean, our group is amazing. Like I've had a few kids that are no longer here and that's why, because they just weren't fully committed. Right. And even like I explain to them all the time, like, especially at our level, it's not like if you're fully committed, I don't care what your role on the team is. Like your role on the team might be that you get great grades and you get to help people study and you make my day better by having a good attitude of practice. And then I have kids that are contenders to win a national title. So at this level, I think it's really neat that like there is a little bit of everyone, you know, there's the really good. And then there's the people that may, jump for joy if they make a conference team you know what I mean so I think it's really neat to have that um it kind of brings the better people like a sense of like humility maybe and it kind of like makes the people that aren't as good feel like they're part of something that's really great you know what I mean so I really love it if 
I never ever thought I would be coaching division three. Like my sisters competed in division three and I had a hard time understanding like why people would do it. Um, like you're not getting paid. Like you have to pay for school and you have to still have a job and still practice. Like I didn't, I didn't understand it, but now it's like, I mean, these kids are coming literally cause they love it. You know, they love their sport and they love their teammates. And I mean, for the most part, I don't have a, a lot of lack of commitment. Um, like I said, I've had a few in the past and they just kind of fizzle, you know, they end up leaving or whatever. And even those kids I have a pretty decent relationship with, like checking in and seeing, you know, because school's not for everyone. So I've had a few people leave school and they're doing things that are completely fine, setting themselves up for success. It just didn't work out with us. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a cool experience. Yeah, it's that hashtag YD3. Like when I was playing, yeah. I always saw that. And yeah, you have to pay for school. We used to do fundraising all the time. So we're oh, like, God, yeah, I can see fundraising, but we have to do it. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, I think it's like the best experience. If you can play a college sport and you're out here listening, mm -hmm. you're in high school, definitely take that advantage. Yes. So what's it like when you get out of track? Like, and for the listeners, you were a stud in track, like you finished really high. So what's it like? when you leave track what's that um just talk us through that transition um, well first of all it was like completely my intention to pick track up again so like i finished my career at my goal was always to throw at u.s championships so um it was i think they take the top maybe 15 or something so like professionals and then all the top college kids basically go so that was always my goal and when i made it i was like super excited whatever well then i threw really crappy at the meet um I, th I don't remember what I placed, but I did not throw what I wanted. So the goal was basically I was going to go home for the summer. Like I was, I was done with Indiana. I went to school, finished school in Indiana. I was like, I got to get home. Like it was too far from home. I needed to get back reset. I had a job lined up. Like, um, so it was just, I was like, let me take like two, three months off. I've been throwing for the last 10 years and then I'll start again in the fall. Like we'll re figure out the plan. We'll reset and then fall came around. I had lost all this weight in the summer because I wasn't working out. Like I wasn't lifting like I was and I was eating good. And I was like, wow, I like feel pretty good. And I look pretty good. You know, I was like, and then I just kind of decided I didn't want to do it. You know, I was just like, I was content with where I ended. I felt like, I felt like I had really given it my all. And I always say that to my kids too. Like I say, when you're done, I want you guys to feel like you had nothing left, you know? And I really did feel like that in track. So I was completely content with that, but I wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't have like a major identity crisis at the same time. Right. I had based everything off of my life for the last high school, everything, but college was basically like, it was probably not healthy, but I based my happiness like on how I was competing. I based my summers on like, I didn't work normal jobs in the summer because of my parents and I, like my job was to lift and they were like, you can help your dad with stuff around his job because he was an independent contractor at the time. Like you can go help dad with your stuff, but your job is to lift and get better for the year, you know? So it was just a really like weird transition and figuring out like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? I'd walk into a gym and not know what I should work out. Like, do I squat? Well, why would I squat? What would I squat for? You know, like things like that. So it just took a while to kind of figure out, like what I should be doing. Um, I dabbled in powerlifting a little bit. My dad's super good at powerlifting. My sisters all did it. My sister was a world champion powerlifter. So like 
I was like, let me try this. But then I got really bored with that because to me, powerlifting was like throwing with power. Cause we basically lifted like powerlifters, but I got the throw and then you took the throwing part away. And I was like, nah, I don't like this, you know? So yeah, it just took a while to figure out like what I should be doing. And um, I don't know. It took probably like a couple years to figure out my plan and whatever, but I was working and had gotten into a new relationship, which is now my husband. So it was, I was busy, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of good stuff came out of that time. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you popped on the scene, I would say like this summer in 2020 and weightlifting house started talking about you. And that's where I saw you at first, but what a lot of people don't realize is there's this transition period of two or three years where you're training and people don't really know who you are. So talk us through your first couple sessions in weightlifting. Like, did you pick up a barbell and just snatch a hundred kilos and say, I'm going to be really good at this? Or were you struggling and not really sure if this was for you? Um, okay. So my really good friend and he was my really good friend, like right out after I left high school. So he was in a different high school, like close to me and we knew each other or whatever. So he had like asked me all through college cause he's a PE teacher, but he's also big in weightlifting. So he asked me all through school, like you have to weightlift when you're done. I'm like, no, like, and I was all convinced that I didn't want to weightlift cause I didn't want to do cleans without straps. Like, cause we use straps. I was like, I can't hold the bar. How am I going to clean with those straps? So I was, I like tried it a little bit, like literally like a workout every few months, like whatever. Um, and then after, I don't know, it was like, so it would have been 2000, the end of 2017, um, USA weightlifting like was recruiting this other guy and he's still throwing to this day, but he's like freakishly strong. So basically he like tattled on me. And was like, you need to recruit Mary because she's super strong too. And she's not doing anything. And I was like, so I, he, then they called me and my friend lives where this other guy lives. Right. So it just ended up working out that they were sitting there. Like it was like Mike Catone and like Piros and stuff um, watching my videos. And then Mike calls me and is like, Hey, you need to be weightlifting. I'm like, okay. So I like thought about it for a little bit, like a day, I guess, probably and then just started with my friend. And um, I think the first, the thing is like we cleaned in college and I cleaned heavy in college, right? So like we did mostly hang cleans. I think I did like, it was like 290. So like maybe like 127, 127 kilos, like power clean, hang clean or whatever. So like they were watching those videos. So I didn't just show up and like come out of nowhere. Like I had lifted in college um snatch we'd never done so that's why I'm like still figuring that out um but no I wasn't like good good right away I was like I think my I was happy when I snatched 80 like I snatched 80 at my first meet and I was like oh that's pretty good you know as because I didn't know you know and um I my first meet I missed my first snatch I wiped out on my second one and then barely made my third one so um, but cleans, they came a lot easier. So I, I mean, it did, I don't think I felt like I had like potential potential in the sport until probably like, I don't know, maybe last American open finals or maybe like, yeah, like 20, not the one in 2020, the one in 2019 in Salt Lake city. I was, but even so I was like, I'm never going to be relevant if I can't snatch. And I was not good at it. I'm like, I feel like I'm on the cusp of something in that lift, but still I was like, 
I can't go if I can't snatch. Yeah, and to be fair, like you're probably what the second best snatcher in your weight class. Yeah, and like I even thought about like someone said that too. They're like, you're the second best snatcher in the United States. You're just not as good as like everyone else in your weight class, you know. But like, I mean, I've snatched like one eighteen, one twenty, like. And I think I would have done that again at the online nationals if I wouldn't have got sick, but I, cause I was feeling really good until that, but I don't know. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. I, Will did an awesome job on that. I actually had him on the podcast uh, yeah. a couple months ago, but yeah, it was really cool seeing you in your garage. Just, just, yeah. uh, you know, everyone went through that 2020, like you have to deal with adversity. <sighs> Yeah, it was, that was, I mean, every day that was changing, like everything that we, I mean, that's how the whole year was, but like, first it was like, oh, it's going to be in person. And then it was like, oh, it's going to be online. I'm like, well, that's fine. I'll just go to Indiana. I'll go do the meet with Will and whatever. And then my husband is sick. Like the day after Thanksgiving, I was like, oh, hell no. Like you are not getting sick right now. Cause it was like a week before the meet. And then Sunday night, I had, like, a sore throat. I was like, I swear to God, if I have COVID, I'm going to freak out. Because, like, we've been so careful all year. Like, my dad had a stroke this year, and, like, we've just been very, very careful. Not that we wouldn't if he didn't have a stroke, but, like, it was all the more reason to, like, we couldn't see him if we weren't being careful, right? So, and then, of course, we get sick, like, the week before the meet. So, it's whatever. We were fine. But, um, yeah, it was just, it's the same. It's like a... Um, it was the what do they call it the I don't know the perfect ending to a crappy year like it was like well this isn't even surprising like this is just typical we've been we've been training for this like we've been training for everything to change the day before so yeah so talk us through that like you're training in your garage mostly by yourself so how do you stay motivated um there's days I don't there's days where I'm just like I don't want to do this I'd rather do something else I'd rather like I'm really like, crafty. So I like to mess around with crafts and, you know, but I don't know. There's most of the time I just, if there's days where I don't want to do something, I know that like, if I don't do this, I have to do it tomorrow. And then this is like my whole week's messed up and I'm short all day. I don't have enough days to get my lifts in. So um, usually by the time I'm done, like warming up, I'll feel, okay, we're fine. Like it's fine. The hardest part is going out there, you know, and like I do train in the garage and so a lot of people are like oh I couldn't do that because like it's right at your house like you can just go out any other time and you can just go out an hour later and so I don't have like a ton of free time right now so I pretty much have to do it like when I have time but there's been tons of times where I'm like I do not want to do this and it's not because I don't like weightlifting it's just because I'm tired or like something hurts or I'm just like you know just not super excited about weightlifting that day but I mean it doesn't happen often but there are definitely days where it happens you know for sure have you had like a I made it kind of moment where you realized that going to worlds going to the olympics is a realistic possibility was there ever a time when that that crossed your mind um I mean not like specifically I mean I feel like I, and I don't sit around going telling people that telling people this, but I feel like I, I have potential to like 
make a run at it for the next Olympics. And I, I think, well, I know like at my age, like I'll be 31 this year. Like at my age, I wouldn't probably be training the way I am and trying to balance my job and all these things if I didn't want to try to do that because there's other things that I want to do, but like I have to put those on the back burner for this. Um, so I don't know. It's, I don't think there's like a specific time where I was like, I'm really good or something like, like that, you know, like I could be really good at this, but I mean, there's tech technical things that I've seen like on my videos or like um, just like attempting American record like this last March or like things like that, that I'm like, okay, like if I can do that when I'm feeling like I have a lot more potential, I think once I figure things out and once I like, you know, get to be more consistent in the one twenties and the snatch and, um, I don't know. I, I don't like how I have to a lot of times like rely on my clean and jerk. So once I can get more like consistent in my snatch and like put up a big total, I think I'll feel more like confident and more like I belong with all the good people right now. I feel like I'm just like the like little sister, like let me in. Like I want to lift with you guys, you know, <laughs> where I want to kind of be like show up and people are like, Oh, like she's really good. And like, people to be you know expecting me to be there so maybe that will happen this year if COVID like starts to start you know going away but if not I would think next year would be a good year for all of that yeah and it's just funny hearing you say that because like as a weightlifting fan I'm looking at you and like wow you're super good <laughs> you're like <laughs> the numbers you're hitting are amazing you're close to American records everything like that and you're kind of like oh, I feel like I'm an outsider I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, and like, I hate, like, I don't want people to think I'm like, oh, she's just saying she's not good and she's good. And, you know, cause I, I hate when people are like that. It's so annoying. But um, I think it's just, I don't know. And cause I know I'm good. Like, I know I'm strong. Right. And I, I would never like say like, oh, I'm not that strong. Cause like, I know I'm super strong. Um, I just, I guess I think it's more consistency. I think it's just um, getting to be more consistent in those heavier numbers and not like just, hoping and praying that I can make what I need to make. Um, Cause I think that's where I inside, like inside me, I don't feel sometimes like I belong because I feel like it's a, I mean, I could walk up to a bar on a heavy snatch and it could be, uh, I might make this, but I probably won't. You know what I mean? So once I feel in like inside my heart and I like, and I'm more confident that I can approach that bar and it's like every time I can make it, I think that's when I'll feel like it. But I understand like from an outsider looking in, it's like, well, she snatched this or she's clean jerk or she's jerked this. And so, you know, I think I just have like really high standards for myself. And so while I'm kind of approaching those and trying to knock things off my little list of things I want to do in weightlifting, that's kind of where I'm like, not quite where I want to be. Do you do any sort of mental training? Um, yeah, especially like, I think maybe like a year ago, I had my shoulder was like wrecked, like it was just really bad. So like I didn't do a lot of stuff I was supposed to be doing. And, um, and I did a lot of that in track, I would just, you know, even before I would go to bed, I'd lay there and kind of just like, um, try to breathe nice, because I, 
I get stressed out and then my breathing gets all messed up and my shoulders are all tight, whatever. So I try to just lay there and breathe nice and um, just basically like picture myself like I did in track, like picture myself on a platform and see the colors on the bar, right? Because I lift in black, my black pounds plates. So I, you know, I always picture my kilo plates, <laughs> but um, I picture like what I want, what I need on the bar, picture like scenarios, like, like how I'm going to get to a total that I want to get to. Like, okay, I just snatched like, well, like 122, like, and now I need to do 164. Like, that's a lot, you know? So just like, I don't know, I put myself in a lot of situations and try to think like, like this could happen. What do I do if that happens? You know, things like that, just because that, that was like in track too, you know, I, you know, you have your three throws to make the final and what happens when you follow your first two and you have to throw far in your third one, you know? So that's, I, everything I do is like very, similar to what I did in track so it's nice that I was like competing for so long and like learned kind of how to I guess compete in big situations you know because as much as I love weightlifting like even though track is not that popular of a sport either like our national meets for track had like thousands of people at them you know like I mean your coach isn't even by you at those meets like at Hayward Field in Oregon like I mean, there's, that's the hugest meet in the world, probably, like, during the year, the NCAA Division One track and field meet, and so, I don't know, it's, that's nice that I had that prepare me for, like, weightlifting meets, because I don't feel as nervous, but, yeah, I try to do a lot of mental stuff, um, especially by myself, like, I'll just shut my eyes, since I lift by myself, just shut my eyes and just, okay, like, you have to make this, <laughs> so, I don't know, I try yeah, that self-talk is so important. Like what, what you're saying to yourself when you're going up to the bar, that can be make or miss. Yeah. Well, I have like before, I don't know, basically, I mean, Will has been so like, not that my other coaches weren't, but like Will's like so positive all the time. And so like, I think that that's helped me be a lot more positive to myself. Like, I mean, the, when I first started weightlifting, like the first two years, I was crying like three times a week, five times a week like almost every day like if it was not perfect or if it was well it was never perfect but like I would just get so mad and always like why am I doing this like what's the point of this like um but I think just like with Will being the way he is and um I don't feel as like crappy like I don't feel like if I have a bad day and Will's big thing which I think has helped me a lot is like your biggest goal for today is to be able to train tomorrow you know and so like I that I don't know what, when I first heard him say that, I'm like, Oh my God, like that makes so much sense, you know, because there's times where if like I couldn't make what I needed or what, what I wanted to make, I just keep doing it. And of course it's not going to get better if I miss 15 times and it's, I'm getting tired and pissed off. So it's like, I don't know, that's helped me a lot. Cause I'm like, if I have a bad day, I'll do the best I can. And if it doesn't work out the way we had on paper, we'll just try again tomorrow. Like that happened to me this week. I had on Monday, like my snatches were horrible, like so bad. And then yesterday I was like, holy crap. Like this was like the best snatch day ever and I didn't miss. So it's like, I don't know. I, I had to cut myself off on Monday after I missed like four times in a row at one way, I dropped down, do one good one at a lighter weight and they say, okay, I guess I'll just try again tomorrow. So I don't know. It's, I've, I've noticed a huge, like, jump in my lifts when I start stop being like a jerk to myself you know oh I like that stop being a jerk to yourself yeah 
what's what's the communication like between and your coaches will of one kilo and he's somebody who i highly recommend everyone follow on social media he puts out a lot of good weightlifting content but how do you guys communicate since you're not in person all the time um so i don't i try not to like bother him a lot like i try not to text him or anything and all the time or anything but like even yesterday i texted him because i was like freaking out about my weight like i was like am i do I look okay? Is my lifting, like, am I moving slow? Like what's going on here? And like, he's just like, you probably just got denser. Like you're strong, you know, like, and like, I don't really care about what the scale says, but like, if I, if I like look crappy in my lifts, like, or I'm not going to make my lifts cause I'm like fat and slow, like I need to lose weight, you know? So like, that was something I'll text him about. But for the most part, we have this like really neat coaching app and it's like, like we upload videos to it at like the end of every day or whatever. And then usually the day after or two days after we get a full video feedback right on there. So you can draw pictures on it and like um, draw arrows and um, then he speaks over it. And so usually the feedback's probably between like a minute and two minutes. So it's like, it's super helpful. And I, I love, I don't know, some people are like, I could never do remote coaching, but like as someone that works, like you have to kind of consider it because I mean, my schedule sucks sometimes. So for me to be able to do my lift when I want and when it works for me, and I even like switch some things up, like for this week, for example, like we have our meet this weekend for track and like, I can't probably do my super heavy double clean and jerks on Sunday. Like I normally do after we had a meet all day and I was on my feet all day. So like, I just switch things up and then I just upload them to the video, to the coaching app and Will gets back to me. And as long as I have the feedback for the next week, when I do the lift the same day, like that's all I really care about. But I mean, we keep in touch about other stuff. Like, I mean, his, him and his wife share a lot of funny stuff with kids and like, so I'll respond to their like Instagram videos or whatever. So I would say we talk, I mean, probably every other day, like about something weightlifting or not weightlifting. I mean, his background's in throwing too. So we talk about that stuff too. Like Ryan Krauser, like these random people that are throwing, just dropping bombs in track right now. Like, so we have a lot in common that makes our relationship really good. And just talking, his family's super important to him and my family's super important to me. So um, it's, it's easy. Like it's, obviously hard not having someone right there, but it's not really, you know, like it's, it works out completely fine. Yeah. I've had it both ways where I've been, I like in person personally, because (laughs) like when I'm not that good at weightlifting, I kind of need that, that, uh, in-person feedback. But I think regardless, like you can always train. That's like one Mm -hmm. of the things, and I know USA weightlifting did a great job this year is like, keep lifting. If you have a coach in person, if you can't make it to the gym, if you have to lift a PVC stick in your in your living room, like just keep lifting. Right. Well, it's like, I mean, and I I'm saying that I like love remote coaching and stuff, but I also haven't been in person before. You know what I mean? So I might feel differently if I have. Um, also, like I've said this before, and I think. Like, so for me, like, I'm like an adrenaline junkie when it comes to weightlifting, like, not in like real life, like, I don't like jump off things or anything like that. But like, when it comes to weightlifting and track too, like, I threw as far as I did. And I've, I think, like, even for example, like, that 163, I attempted at the Arnold, like, there's no, I had no business attempting that. Like, my PR and clean and jerk, like, before that was my lift, my second lift, which was 156. So like, why we jumped what seven kilos just for the hell of it like i had no business doing that but with like people screaming at me and everything like 
I ended up making the clean and barely missing the jerk. But so like, because I trained by myself in my garage and the only thing I have to really like rely on making me excited is my music, especially because my husband works nights. So I don't even lift with him. Like I lift alone. And so when I lift by myself and then I go to a meet, I have this like giant, like adrenaline. Cause it's like, wow, there's people here. Like, you know, so it's, and even when I go down to Indiana, when I, when I train with Will at the iron pit at their gym, like I just, I love going down there cause I love the kids and the other people on the team. And like, of course it's awesome having in-person, you know, coaching when I'm there and it's kind of like a little vacation and whatever, but um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably feel different if I had coaching every day, but I think it can be really successful if people are scared of it. What's your go-to music when you're, when you're not feeling as motivated? What are you cranking up? I wish I had the answer to that. I, my kids and I were just talking about that the other day because I usually get my music from what they listen to because like they'll pick music and I'll be like, what is this? And they'll tell me, or they'll like send me, I have one girl that's always sending me like, Ooh, put this song on your playlist. Like, so like, I mean, I have literally, like, I still have Christmas music on my main playlist because I just like those songs. Like, there's Christmas music, there's country, there's classic rock because that's what we listened to growing up with my dad. And um, I just recently put Sea Shanties. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like it's like Pirates of the Caribbean music or, like, Highland Games music. Okay. It's like, it's like bagpipes and, like, it's like you feel like you're a pirate. But the kids were listening to it the other day. I was like, mm, this is kind of awesome. So I put like three or four songs of that on there. So it's very strange. Like if I'm going to go, like last night I had to do like one heavy clean and jerk, which I didn't make. But, um, and I was like going through just random picking a song. And so like, it just depends, you know, what I, and I, I'm not like that person that like has to have music when I lift. Like, but when I'm by myself, like I would prefer it. Like at meets, I don't care because there's people there. But when I'm by myself, like I, I try to lift it like the middle of the day if I can, because then my neighbors wouldn't like know that I'm playing music, but I can't play it that li- that loud during the night. Like if I lift it like supper time, because I don't want them mad at me, but it depends. Yeah, for sure. That like that environment definitely makes a difference. I don't care what people say, like oh, when yeah. the music is cranked up and that was always like a privilege when, when I was in school, like if you got to get on the aux cord, like you knew it was oh, going to be a good gym session. Yeah, no, the kids are the same way. They're like, who's playing music? And then half the time someone's like, ah, who picked this? What is this? It's like, you had your day. Like, this is his day. You, He gets to pick today. You can pick a different day, you know? So it's like always like, like, yeah, I don't know. It's And I don't mind any of it. Like, they just pick whatever. And But, of course, somebody's, like, complaining. And But if the one person that got to pick it, like, they're like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, though. So – what's next for you as far as weightlifting like what's the next goal that you're you're chasing um well i was super excited about that korea meet but i don't know if that's gonna happen um i'd be i think at this point maybe a little surprised if it did um i didn't think a year after covid happened we'd still be shutting stuff down and canceling things but obviously if people are safe then that's what happens um so for 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 sure my next thing would be nationals um and that would be I need to put up a big total there because if I can put up a big total then I can make Pan Ams and Worlds as long as they happen like 2021 ones not obviously the ones that are happening now but um, yeah I mean that's kind of the next thing because I'm kind of at a point now where I need 
I need like to make something. I need a team or I need like something that shows me like, okay, you're doing the right thing. Like this is where you're supposed to be right now. And this is, you know, just so I can kind of figure out my next move. I've been kind of thinking about maybe trying to go part-time at my work. Um, trying to, I mean, I've put off like having kids, like things like that, like things like that, that are kind of huge parts of my life. I kind of need something in weightlifting to happen that I feel like, okay, this is good. And I think we'll get there. I don't, I'm not like just crossing my fingers and hoping it'll happen. I think that'll be a good meet for me. So for sure. So we'll all stay tuned for that. I would kick myself if I didn't ask this. So I was watching your 182 jerk on, uh, before we did the podcast, do you train like the oscillation on the bar when you're lifting that heavy, like the bar does not even look like it it doesn't look right. So is that something that you actually have to work on? Like once you start doing the heavier jerks? Um, so like, okay, I've never done the heaviest jerk I've ever done in my garage is like maybe one, maybe one sixty. like that day. Basically we were just, I think we did, we worked up to a heavy triple maybe. And then we're just like, well, we should probably go up. And I was like, and then I kept going up and kept going. I was at maybe like 175. And then I think maybe we went 175 to 182 just because that's 400. Um, And he's like, you want to try it? And so that was like the first time I really felt the bar like, like moving, you know, but I mean, I've never trained it. I've never, I think like I was, I talked about throwing, but like, I think like, just like, the pop that you have in throwing like at the last bit last little bit of your throw I think that is why I can jerk a lot like because it's it's like you know dip and drive and it's like for throwing it's like you get your foot down and the second your foot down you have to throw and so like that tempo to me has came very natural but no I've never like practiced especially because my bar homes like kind of crappy so like I don't know I don't really know how to do it but um yeah I I didn't even really know like what oscillation was until that weekend. Cause one of my friends at one kilo is a national ref. And so like, we were just talking about like how you can get like called for it or something. But like when you're lifting heavy weights, they said you never would, but like I did front squat with a women's bar, like this summer once for a really heavy set and I will never do it again. Cause it was like, it was all over the place. Like when I'd stand up, I was like, I'd like wait for it to, you know, it was, so I always squat with a men's bar for that reason. But yeah, I don't know. That was just kind of like a lucky day. I think about that now. I'm like, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny in weightlifting, like those days happen. And, and then the next day you go into the gym and you're like, how did I ever do that? Yeah. I mean, that's what I feel about sometimes if I do like a really heavy clean and jerk and then I have to do clean pulls. I'm like, I will never clean this again. You know what I mean? It's, and it's like, of course you will, but it's like, it just feels so heavy. And then, I don't know. I hate that when that happens, but it does happen. So we talked a lot about weightlifting and track and, and you're coaching full time. So um, what do you do like outside of the gym? Like what's your routines like to just stay, to stay healthy and to, to keep everything good at work and in the gym? Um, Like I said, I'm very like crafty. Like I like, I like, anything crafty i like sewing i like i just got a cricket which is like one of those like die cut machines even like cut like anything make like t-shirts and make like scrapbooking like 
everything I like is like messy and has a lot of pieces, you know, like in my craft room. So thank goodness I have a room dedicated to it or my husband would probably freak out. Um, so I love doing that stuff. Anytime I'm not lifting or like coaching, I'm doing something to do with paint or a sewing machine or cutting paper or something, you know, things like that. Um, and then the other thing is when I'm, when I have spare time, I go to my parents' house. So um, like you said, I'm super close with my sisters, very close with my parents. Um, I spent probably, so my, my parents were off work this summer because my dad had had that stroke and my mom was on, like took time off because of that too. So I was at home this year, this summer, probably every 10 days, I was probably at home for like four or five days. Um, so, and my parents are about three hours west of me. So I go home a lot. Um, that's kind of where I feel, you know, I mean, obviously I feel good in my own house, but I like to be around my parents still. I like, my sister has a year and a half baby, year and a half year old. Um, and so he's like our first like little one running around. So anytime she goes home with him, like, and I can go home, I want to go home. I want to see the baby. And um, so that's kind of, my family is like basically my the people I want to be with. I don't care what we're doing. I don't care if we're doing yard work or doing things that I don't want to do and whatever, whatever we're doing, that's where I want to be and who I want to be with. Um, and then I'm like also like really obsessed with my dogs. So um, we, I don't know, whatever we do, walk or play or <clears throat> anything. They don't really come into the garage with me to lift because my one dog's like kind of dumb. <laughs> I feel like she would get squished. Um, so they don't come out with me. I don't have gym dogs or anything, but I wouldn't mind if they were like that, but I also don't feel like I would focus that well. So between like my crafts and my, my, um, family and my husband and those guys and my dogs, that's pretty much what I do. Yeah. That's cool that you have this stuff that, that grounds you and kind of, you know, you want to have a life outside of weightlifting. You don't just oh, want to lift weights and be a. Well, I have to, or if I, if I, if everything was based on weightlifting and I learned that the hard way in track, where if I had a bad meet on track, my whole week was crappy because I was waiting for the next opportunity to do well. So I learned that like the really hard way that you can't base your self worth on how you're doing in your sport because there's times where you're going to basically suck at your sport for a long time and there's no reason to be depressed about it. Like, so that's another reason why I really like like my crafts and all that because it's so different than what I do. Like I'm strength, 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 strength sports and throwing and lifting and all this like awesome like heavy stuff all the time. So like to do my little like dainty like silly crafts and whatever at home like that's what I, I think that's a big reason why I like it because it's mindless and I don't have to think about like where my body should be or where someone else's arm should be or things like that. So um, yeah. Very cool. So where can people find you if they want to support your journey? Um, my Instagram is where I mostly do everything. I don't really use Facebook that much. Um, and it's Coach Mary, and there's three Ys at the end. Cool. Well, I'll get that linked up in the show notes. Mary, thank you so much for coming on. Best of luck. It, whatever the next meet is, I'm sure uh, yeah, everyone's going to be tuning in. So thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much. Once again, thanks so much to Mary for coming on the show. I feel like I learned a ton from that interview, and I hope you guys did as well. If you want to give her a follow on social media, it is at Coach Mary with three Ys. That will also be linked up in the show notes. And if you guys enjoyed this one, just make sure to show some love to the podcast. 
you can take a picture of this episode, share it out on your Instagram story, and just tag both of us. Let us know what you liked about it. That's uh, the biggest thing that you can do to help the show grow. And as always, if you uh, have some extra time this week, make sure to just give a five-star rating on iTunes and a quick review. So thank you again to Mary. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in this week, and I look forward to talking to you guys on Friday. Thank you.